I'm going to pray. I just feel like the Lord just really wants to release prayer or release a word through prayer um, over us this morning. So, Father, I just thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We just worship you this morning, Lord. We worship you, Father. I just agree with every prayer that's already gone out in this in this room today, Father. Every prayer that's already reached heaven this morning, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for this body. I thank you for your family here, God. I thank you, Father, that we are a family, Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you that... Um, each one of us is here to receive something from you, God. Whatever it is you have for us, Lord Jesus, that we we are here to hear from you, to hear from heaven, to hear what you have to say, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your spirit, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. All right. So whenever I started thinking about this, um, what I was going to be saying, sorry, this thing really feels like it's in my eye. I just kept hearing the words, prepare their hearts, prepare our hearts. And then this morning when y'all were praying, um, Debbie and Karen both mentioned that, that the Lord would just prepare our hearts. Um, and I have a lot of notes here, but every time I started thinking about this, God would just give me another picture. So I'm just going to flow with the Spirit this morning and, and see what he has to to say. But we're going to start out with reading Matthew 25. I'm sorry, Mary, I, didn't tell, I don't know if y'all are able to just put it up there or not. But I didn't prepare her. <laughs> At that time, and I'm starting at verse 1, at that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there, are, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. So the reason, the two things I want to talk about is preparing your hearts for the move of God so that we can be ready for life. Because life is is tough. And the thing that's been going on around us, the things that have been going around us, and probably for a lifetime, but just recently it's been really difficult to to be a mom, to go to work during the day, to look at the news and see all these tragedies that are happening and yet still be a compassionate, loving Christian while we're in this, in this world. Because God had show, shows us that we're supposed to live an abundant life. But yet at the same time, we live in, a, in an evil world. So how are we supposed to do that? 
So we need to prepare ourselves and hear what God is saying so that we can be ready when he's here. Now, this scripture, most of us know that he's, we're talking about preparing when Jesus comes back. But God is always moving. He's always doing something. He's always preparing us for something. And as soon as we're ready and we get to that place, he's then preparing us for the next thing. So it's like we're always on this move. God never changes, but he's always moving and doing and creating. He created us and then he created the world or vice versa. I'm not talking about the, the, you know, how he did it, but he did both. And when he's done, he didn't say, okay, I'm done creating now. I'm done moving. I'm done making anything happen. There's the world. Now here I go. He's always working in our lives and, and, and up to something. I want to be ready. I want to be in what he is doing. I want to hear him for today. God, what are you doing today? I want to be so tuned in to what God is doing that I don't miss it. Because he's always, always doing something. And a lot of times we think, or I have thought, that, well, you know, God's always, you know, he's always the same. And we need to be prepared today. We need to be prepared every day. But we can see, just like in Egypt, that God does do these suddenly things. And then he takes us through the desert. And then he does these suddenly things again. So he, he, there was a timing, a period where he came to Egypt and he said, it is now time to come out of that place. They were there for 400 years, probably 400 plus, I think it is, but they were there for a very long time. And then God said, get ready because it's happening. And he went out and he sent, you know, he sent Moses and he sent his, his prophets at the time. And he said, you need to be ready because God is about to move you. Get ready, get up, wake up. It's going to happen really fast. Gather your stuff, get everything ready and let's go. And they did, and they moved out. And I bet you some of them missed it. But even some of the Egyptians were ready. They were like, they're listening. Very, you know, just a few of them went with the Israelites because they're like, I want to be part of what their God is doing. So they moved out. Now, we know this story that they were in the desert for a very long time. And during that time, God still provided for them. He still brought, what was it? The clouds by day and the fire by night. His miracles were still happening. It was a long process. And he fed them. He took care of them. He taught them. He got them out of that place. And then they were in this process of growth. It should have been shorter, but it wasn't. (laughs) So that we could learn. We could maybe not go through that same mountain over and over again. Go through that same process over again. Somebody already went through it so that we could get through it quickly. And not get stuck. And not keep looking back. Not keep saying, oh, but when it was like that. Oh, but do you remember the glory days? And for me, it's always, do you remember the 30 days of glory? Do you remember when God was moving? Do you remember when I was in a glow? Do you remember all these things? But God built me up, prepared me, grew me in that season so that I could be a mom, so that I could be a wife, so that I could be a sister and a daughter, a minister in the long stretch. But the thing I want to tell you is that God is on the move. Something is happening. Something big is happening. And we're alive for it. We get to be here for it. And I'm so excited. 
And we need to be listening. We need to be preparing our hearts. We need to be gathering our oils and, and getting ready and preparing so that when God speaks, we listen, we hear him, and we're ready to move out. We're ready to, because then after he fills us up and does all these amazing things, and I've said it before and I believe it, our pews are going to be packed with a bunch of messed up people. <laughs> and we're going to have to walk through it. We're going to be the strong ones. This group right here, this little group, are going to be his ministers to help the broken. So this is our time to get built up in the Lord, to learn how to fight the good fight of faith, how to uh, hear God's voice so that when that person next to us is falling apart or not even like nice, you know, I'm not just talking about the ones that come in and they're so easy to love and take care of. I'm talking about the difficult ones, you know, the stinky ones. <laughs> Those are the ones we have to be ready for. Thank you, Jesus. See, I already went that way and got to pull back in here. So one of the reasons, so sometimes this summer was a really difficult summer for me. It wasn't difficult. It wasn't like life was just so hard. But when it came to serving the Lord and, and doing the things of God, and I knew God had brought us here, but it was like, I, I really don't want to. That's just how I felt. I was just hard-hearted. And I don't think it was because any great sin had been there. I just was tired. And, you know, things had been happening before, and God moved us here. And I was like, okay, God, I was ready. And nothing big happened. You know, I didn't start some major ministry, and I'm not out preaching the gospel like Joyce Meyer. Not that I really wanted that kind of ministry. But, you know, there, there was this big thing that was supposed to happen. It didn't quite happen the way I thought it was going to. And I just was kind of done. I'm like, you know, really, I don't want to. I, I just don't feel like it. I'm tired. You know, I got all these kids. <laughs> I'd rather just sit at the house and watch Monk, you know, watch one of those shows. <laughs> I would. I mean, there's days that are like that. I just want to fill my day with watching TV or, you know, cleaning the house and just doing those kind of things. And I knew that... It was like, God, why? What's the point? I know that you love me and I love you and we have this relationship. I know that I'm going to go to heaven. I know that things are going to be okay. What is the point? I needed to remind myself. I needed to remember why do I need to be ready? Why do I need to be praying? Why do I need to get past my flesh back into the spirit? And then I just got to look around. And you see these the parents that are putting their kids on the bus Every day, scared to death, not knowing what's going to happen. I mean, when a 12-year-old or a 15-year-old can go and bring fear to an entire community and close down schools out of fear, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't do those things, but when one person can shut down everything, I'm not afraid. I'm at peace. I know that my kids are going to be okay. I'm not afraid of what the enemy is doing. If God has me there and he has my kids there, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And even with the disaster, I mean, the word says that a thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand. Tragedy will come and it's going to be hurt. It's going to hurt to see it. But I'm not afraid. No matter what the outcome, I'm not afraid. It's going to be tough at times. 
That is why I have to be prepared. Because this world is so dark and evil. It is scary. And we see it. It's in our faces. You can't not see it. That you turn off your TV. And then you hear about it again. We need to be prepared. We need to be praying. We need to be the ones that are sounding the word that are, that are saying, trust in God. Believe. Get on your knees and pray for your children. Psalms 91 clearly says that these things are going to happen. But I don't have to be afraid. Do you know what your God says? Do you know how much God loves you? Listen to me. And my kids aren't perfect. I'm not perfect, but I still can trust in God and know that they're going to be okay. I can give them a hope. I had one mom come to my house recently, and she's like, I, I just don't know what to do. My kids are so scared. You, you, I mean, I had other moms, like, posting about it on Facebook. I had to have these talks with my kids, and nobody says anything about I had to pray with my children today and I needed to pray with my children today and I got to hold them and tell them how much God loves them because they don't know. They don't know, but I do. That's why I need to be prepared. That's why I need to be strong in the Lord. That's why I don't need to give up. That's why I can't watch 10 episodes of Monk in a row because I need to be praying. (laughs) I really love Monk, by the way. (laughs) He makes me laugh. So... (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And I get excited when God reminds me, when he reminds me of the gift I have, the promises that I have in him. And I just print it out. I don't even need to look at it. You know, it's like those who trust in the Lord shall not be put to shame. He is our defender. So those two promises right there are worth me living for Jesus. Because I know that when circumstances happen, and I had something happen recently that was just shocking. I, I couldn't believe that it happened. It happened suddenly. And in the past, it would have broken my heart, and it would have left me offended for months, if not years, of trying to work through it. And this time, within days, even as it was happening, and I'm sitting there crying, I'm like, God, where did this come from? I just, I already knew God was in it. I already knew that God was going to bring me through it and bring good from it. I already knew that he wasn't going to let me be ashamed. I already knew that he was going to protect my name and that he was going to lift me up out of it because he's done it so many times before. Those who trust in the Lord shall not be put to shame. They shall not be ashamed when we trust in the Lord. That's the thing. There's the words before, trust in the Lord. He's my defender. That's another promise that's just... Whenever I shut my mouth and let him defend me, he's God, the creator of the universe. And no matter what I'm going through, if somebody's accusing me or somebody's saying something about me, or if I'm accusing myself, you know, or allowing the enemy to accuse me, I can stop and just remember, God, you are my defender. And there's times when I've had to say, God, you're my defender. Defend me. Do you hear what they're saying about me? And he does. He comes through when I shut my mouth. Because God's my defender, not me. I can't defend myself. I could come up. My husband used to say, when I would get really upset, he would say, quit giving me your resume. Because I'd be like, do you know what I do? I do this, and I do this, and I do this. (laughs) And so, finally, when I quit defending myself, he would say, Brenda, you do all these things. You do this, and you do this. And I'm so happy that you do this. Because he... God showed him. Because when I was trying to show him, it didn't work. So those are just two promises out of 
so many promises that we get. The promise of kingdom, the promise of eternal life. That is why we need to prepare our hearts. That's why we need to be ready. So the question is then, how? How do we prepare our hearts? What does that look like? So I'm going to go to Exodus 23, verse 20. See, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared for you. So not only... Is he telling us to be prepared? But he's saying, I've already sent an angel ahead of you. I've already sent a supernatural being ahead of you to prepare the way. I've already been where you're going. Wow. So when we get to that place of like, how did I get here? Why is this happening? God has already sent an angel there. He already knew what was coming. Even if. We're like on this journey and we totally mess up and we end up over here when God had prepared here. He still is there ready to bring us back on track. He's he prepared it over here, over here, back here, up there. He's in it, ready to get us back to where he wants us to be. Then he says, verse 21. So this is how this is what we do. Pay attention to him. And listen to what he says. Pay attention and listen. And even there's, you know, I have people in my life and there's been times in my life. It's like, yeah, but I don't hear God. I can't hear his voice. Even if you aren't at that place yet, because we all get there. If we, if we walk on the journey with him and allow him to, that we, we can hear his voice. But let's say that you can't. His voice is right here in the word. So even if you don't hear that direct, that still small voice, he has already laid it out. Thou shalt not kill. Don't lie. Don't steal. You know, don't sit with ungodly people and, and love, honor your father and mother and let God defend you. I mean, he's already given us all the instructions in his word that gives us a clear path. But then he says, pay attention. And we want to get to that place where his word speaks to us individually, that we can hear his voice. Pay attention to him and listen to what he says. Do not rebel against him. He will not forgive your rebellion. So this is something that um, I tell my kids sometimes. It's like, and now some people might argue or think of this differently, but this is the way I see God's judgment. Or, you know, not, it's, uh, I don't see him as coming down and punishing us. What I see is that God clearly tells us, don't touch the fire. He says, don't go over to the fireplace. Don't do this. And then we say, oh, no, no, I'm going to do it because it'll work out this time. This will be easier for me. I can handle it. Or we just flat out say, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. And what do we do? We go and touch the fire. <laughs> we are going to get burnt. <laughs> Period. So God's, what I see is God's judgment. What I see is that we don't listen to God. We do what we want to do and we get burned. People get burned because they're not where God has asked them to be. They're not doing what God has asked them to do. You know, for me, it's like I so desire to, uh, 
my flesh desires to have this fancy title and to be, uh, you know, going ahead and go into business or, you know, to get my master's and, and, you know, pursue these things. And, you know, I could have been in, in retail and done retail management and gone up in the chain there and, you know, all these different things I wanted to do. But instead, the Lord said, no, I have this path for you. And so, you know, he took me so far and then he redirected me to this path. And it's, there's not much money. There's no career name in it. There's, you know, but it's like if I would have done this other, it would have been heartbreaking. My, my kids wouldn't have the things that they have now as far as the time and the love. And he's providing. He provides. Maybe I don't get to bring home that fat paycheck and say, see, I bring money home too. But he's providing. <laughs> he's taking care of it. So he's he's going to do it, and I'm getting to do what he's asked me to do. So we got to pay attention and then obey. We've got to obey him. Okay, so where I'm at. I uh, have two stories that I'm going to tell you all. Um, they're testimonies because my life, a lot of the things that God gives me, when I'm ministering to people, when I'm ministering to women, a lot of it comes from my own personal things that I've walked through. So I'm going to tell you the right way and the wrong way. So my first story is I had this this woman in my life, and uh, she came to the ministry that I was part of at the time, a GLOW, I don't know if y'all have heard of a GLOW, but she came in and she was, you know, one of the ones that needed Jesus really bad. <laughs> and through the process, we were praying for her and really loving her, and we began to see all these amazing things happen to her, you know, and she would come in and she would give us so much glory, us. Oh, you know, God just uses you so much, Brenda. I just love you. You're so awesome. And look at what God's doing to me. He's, you know, done in my life. And look at this and look at this and look at this. So she was part of this ministry. We we bring her in because, I mean, she just, she was really getting healed. And God was doing all these things. And we went ahead and put her on the leadership team because she was so awesome and doing all these really awesome things. She was so brave. And I had one friend in my life that... Was, had a little bit more wisdom than me at the time. And she's like, Brittany, you need to slow down. I just, I'm not, there's just some things that just aren't quite right. There's some fruit there that's just not quite lining up. Oh, no, no, no. It's just because she, she just hasn't matured in that area yet. You just, you're being religious, you know, and I just, <laughs> all these things. And she would tell me, Brenda, please, you just got to listen. No, 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 no. So, and I didn't listen. I didn't listen to her. And in fact, I went home and prayed for her that religion would get broken off of her. <laughs> And so uh, this woman at one point, this story sounds kind of funny, but if you were in it, she came to me and she said, you'll never guess what. I have this uncle that uh, he does um, stocks and he's really good at it. And, and this was like during 2007, 2008 when everything was crashing, you know, and and we went through some things. Matt lost his job at the time. So, I mean, it was a crucial time. And uh, she's like, and I had been praying. I just started praying that the, the Lord pay off our house and, you know, do all these things. So she comes and she's like, and I am going to give you some of these stocks. And they're supposed to turn off, turn over really quick, you and your ministry partner. And me and my ministry partner had started kind of dividing ways over this woman. And uh, so anyway... 
she comes to me, she's telling me all this. And all of a sudden I find myself wanting to be with this woman all the time. You know, I can't, I can't wait to be with her. And she would call me up and, you know, want me to go and take her somewhere. And I'd be like, yes, I can't wait. You know, I just get all excited. But I noticed that this excitement wasn't peace. It was something else. And it was a, it was an energy or a spirit, but you know, whatever it was, it was, it was all excited. And I had to, and I was in my prayer time one time and the Lord just gave me this very subtle check. And he said, would you be hanging out with her if that money wasn't involved? And it was just like, oh, you know, like, wow, everything was based around this money. And it was, you know, in my mind, it was like, I'm going to go for, you know, ministry and we were going to pay off and God was so good. But, you know, there was a deception in it. And so I quickly repented and I was like, Lord, I am so sorry. I'm, I'm laying this down. Whatever happens this, with, with this money, I'm giving it to you. I'm, I'm in the kingdom realm. I'm sowing it to you. If it comes, great. If it doesn't, I don't care. And I totally was able to surrender this whole situation to God. And this woman also, you know, she ended up having cancer and, you know, she was getting healed of cancer. I mean, it was just one glory high after another. So my friend, my ministry partner, didn't get the revelation. And she stayed on the the fat, you know, the, the high, the money high. And I want to say that everything, I'm not, I don't want to say what I'm going to tell you, is everything the woman said was a lie. She was not healthy. <laughs> she didn't have cancer. She didn't have any money. She didn't have anything. She was a, uh, what did you say the word was, mom? A, yeah, sociopath, sociopath. Yeah, and she brought such a nasty division into that ministry that eventually it fell apart. And my friend stuck with her and kept believing and kept believing to the point where her marriage fell apart. I mean, it was just a nasty thing. But when I found out that the money wasn't real, it was like, hmm, okay. And when I found out what a liar she was and how she had been just manipulating and doing all these things, I shut that door, would not speak to her, would not go near her ever again. If the Lord heals her, thank you, Jesus. She's with other people that are going to love her. And I do love, I forgave her. But it, it just, there was no bondage with it there was no devastation i mean i believe this was real and it was coming it was right around the corner i was going to pay off my house and you know do all these things and i gave it to god and that door was just shut it was okay and when i found out all the lies i had believed and everything had happened it there wasn't this sorrow it was like god you prepared me you showed me ahead of time i you clearly said your heart's not right and you're loving something that isn't real. You're going after something that isn't me. And I was able to walk away and say, enough with that. And and even through it, there wasn't like this devastation of, oh, if I wouldn't have listened, this wouldn't have happened. If I wouldn't have listened, this wouldn't have happened. It was like, that is a lesson that I have learned. And I will never walk through that junk again. And then eventually my ministry partner, we, we became friends again. We loved each other. We forgave each other. There was a lot of mess there that went on for a few years. And, uh, she eventually walked away from that relationship. A couple times she tried to re, uh, go into it, but she didn't. And God has blessed her as well. So thank you, Jesus, for that. Um, the second story I want to tell you is a, another friend of mine that went through something where she didn't listen. She didn't prepare her heart. 
And I've been walking it. I love her, and she would be honored to know that I was sharing her story. And I won't, you'll never meet her, but even if you do, you won't know who she is. So, um, she lived in this neighborhood. And these are light stories. I mean, when I say light, they have to do with relationships. So it's not like these life and death situations. But y'all know when we go through situations with people, it can feel like life and death to the point that our children are committing suicide because relationships can be so devastating. So if we can know to lean on God and to rely on him and how to prepare our own hearts and how to search our own hearts so that they're not devastating and that we stay clear of devastating relationships, what a gift that is. So my other friend, I was ministering with her, and she was having this really difficult time in her uh, neighborhood. She lived in a really affluent, I think is the word, neighborhood in Dallas, and um, she was surrounded by all these money people. And she came to me, and she she had a, a mom in her group start speaking against her. And so I started, you know, teaching her, you know, you got to resist. You got to let God defend you. You've got to, uh, you know, pray and where you've opened doors. And we, we went through this whole thing and she really was trying, but she just couldn't let it go. And she just kept getting more drawn into this drama more and to the point where everybody in this community just closed the door on her. I mean, they just, they hated her. Her kids were going to school. They started being really mean to her kids. I mean, it was a grown-up bullying situation, you know. And she was in that mess probably, I mean, that was probably seven or eight years ago. She's probably still in that mess today. Same things happening over and over and over again where she just can't pull out of it because she wasn't allowing herself to grow. She didn't allow these lessons to say, enough is enough. I'm going to rise up. I'm going to pray. I'm going to let God defend me. She just kept getting drawn into it and drawn into it and drawn into it. And so I'm praying for her. I mean, she's going to she's gonna come out of it eventually in Jesus' name. And she is doing better. It's just taken her the 40-year route instead of the 11-year route or 11-day route. So thank you, Jesus, for that. All right, so I'm going back to Exodus, and I'm going to go quickly through these next few verses. It says, I will be, an, um, if you listen carefully to what he says and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and will oppose those who oppose you. My angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land that he's promised you. I won't name all those. And I will wipe them out. Do not bow down before their gods. Don't give in to the fear. Don't give in to the money. Don't give in to the, the bullying and the, the, um, you know, whatever it is, whatever our things are that we give into. The religion. The, you know, the lack of, uh, wisdom. Don't give in to it. Don't worship them or follow their practices. You must demolish them and break their sacred stones to pieces. Just like my situation with the first one. I close the door to everything. No Facebook, no email, no texting, no trying to see each other's side of it. The door had to be closed. It had to be shut because there was no, God was not in that relationship. The enemy had set me up. And I had to close all doors. I couldn't fix it. I couldn't minister to her enough. There was no open door for it. I had to shut that door. 
Worship the Lord your God and his blessings. Worship him. Set your eyes on him. Look to him. He says his blessings will be on your food and water. Everything that you take in. I will take away sickness from among you. And none will miscarry or be barren. That means you're going to produce what God has put you on this earth to produce. Your fruits will be full. I will give you a full lifespan. All right, I'm going to end there. I was going to go further, but I feel like I just need to pray into that. So, Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're teaching us, Father, why it's so important, God, to prepare our hearts to listen to you, Jesus, to be where you're asking us to be, when you're asking us to be there, Father. I thank you, Jesus, that we're willing to surrender all of our own ideas, God, All of our own preconceived ideas of how things should look, Lord. That we don't put you in a box, Lord Jesus. That we don't say, this is how God has done it in the past and this is how he's going to do it now. Father, that we allow you to be God in our lives, Lord, no matter what that looks like. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Would everybody stand, please? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that if there's any situations, Lord, right now that are holding us back, Lord, that you reveal them to us, Lord. If there's any situations, Lord, any relationships, any, um, just anything that we're in, God, that is keeping us from hearing you and obeying you, Jesus, that you would take us out of it, Father. That you would open our eyes, Lord, to see what's really happening. Why am I here? What am I really getting? Is this you, God, that has put me here? Is this what you're telling me? Or is this what I'm wanting? Is this what I'm trying to achieve? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you forgive us, Lord, for our own attempts to get things done, Lord. Our own ideas, Lord Jesus. And that you give us the the wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of how to do things your way, God. That we would not miss what you're doing in our lives, Father, that we would not miss the revelation, the, the, the glory that's coming, God, your goodness that's coming, Father, that we would be able, Lord Jesus, to help our neighbor in need, Father, when they're crying and saying, how can I send my kids to school today? There's so much in this world to be afraid of. There's so much to be weakened by, but God... You said abundant life. You didn't say that we're supposed to be under the shadow of darkness. You said abundance. You said a thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand, but it would not come near us. So, Father, I thank you that it does not come near the people of this congregation. I thank you, Father, that as they go to their houses, Father, it doesn't come near their neighbors. It doesn't come near the school buses that go down their streets. It doesn't come near the the businesses that they work in, God, because you're there with them. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome 
gift that is. I don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for it. Let that build up in our spirits, Lord, that we get to worship you. You're my God. You're my daddy, like Karen was saying. Hey, Dad, you're here with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Mary, will you play that song for us? I'm going to play this song and we're sing. And then uh, if anybody wants prayer, personal prayer, y'all come on up.